are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan from the uh, where it is? There it is. That's the title I have here on the YouTube page. You can please call me Sully. This episode is being brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our locked on rooms. This show is being dropped on Tuesday, the 14th day of September 2021. We are going to be talking about some of the games that happened while you slept. And I'm bringing back two guests. Emily Nyman is going to be talking about the state of the Yankees which improved a little bit with a dramatic come-from-behind victory on Monday afternoon. And Tierney Steele is going to try to talk me off the ledge and have me pick a team to root for. This show is available on the free and easy-to-use Odyssey app. We're also here on YouTube. And you could follow us on Twitter at Pod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. I'm at Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And if you have a smart device, be sure to tell it to play podcast Lockdown and MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, including Lockdown Fantasy Baseball with Scott Cullen. So, a couple of games happened while you were asleep last night. The San Francisco Giants officially gave their fans a perfect summer. And by that, I mean if we consider summer being uh, Memorial Day, that's the beginning of summer. Well, if you're a Giant fan, you woke up on Memorial Day, your team was a playoff team, and they went the entire summer, not one single day, were they not either in first place or the top wildcard spot. And last night, with a convincing win, thanks to some big, big hits from Evan Longoria, the San Francisco Giants clinched their first playoff spot since the 2016 wildcard team. And now they're going to keep putting their foot on the gas because they want to pass the Los Angeles Dodgers, well, they've already passed them, but they want to clinch the first NL West title by anyone other than the Dodgers since they since the Giants did it in 2012. They won a World Series in 2014 as a wildcard team. It was bad news for the Padres, who lost, and with the Mets loss to the Cardinals, that means the Cardinals have pulled to within half a game of a wildcard spot and are tied with San Diego. Here's a scenario of something that happens. If the Giants win today, and they can rest everybody if they want, but they don't want to rest everybody because they want to clinch. And the Dodgers yesterday got back the single best number four starter in baseball in Clayton Kershaw, who pitched pretty well in his first comeback from the disabled list. But if the Giants happen to win against San Diego, the Cardinals happen to beat the Mets, and somehow the Pirates find out a way to beat uh, let's just call him Dark Horse Cy Young candidate Wade Miley in the Reds, that would mean the St. Louis Cardinals would be all by themselves as a second wildcard team. Things get weird when it gets to be late, late in the season. Some great pitching performances. Alec Manoa pitched one hit, 10 strikeouts against the Tampa Bay Rays, no less. A big statement game for the Toronto Blue Jays, an 8-1 to victory. The Rays are going to win the division, but nobody wants to face this Blue Jay team. If they could pitch and hit, yikes. Sandy Alcantara took a no-hitter into the eighth inning, finished with eight innings, one hit, and the Marlins radio broadcasters were furious that he didn't pitch the ninth inning. I could see why. What's the difference? 
Uh, cue the Siri jokes. Jose Siri in his second game went four for five with two home runs, five runs bad in, and the Astros clobbered the Rangers 15 to one. Just what the Astros needed, another big hitter on that team. They're going to be dangerous. Are they going to be as dangerous as Toronto or Tampa Bay? We're going to see. This could be a really terrific, terrific, did I mention terrific postseason. Now, the Yankees had that come-from-behind victory that I mentioned against the Minnesota Twins. They were down 5 nothing early. They were down 4 nothing before they even came to bat. And Aaron Judge, who is not going to win the MVP, but should get some MVP votes along the way, hit a dramatic three-run home run to tie the game. The Yankees won it on an extra inning hit by Gary Sanchez. That coupled with the Red Sox loss to the Seattle Mariners late, late last night in a one-run victory for Seattle. That means the Mariners have pulled to within two games of a wild-card spot. And that means the Red Sox and Yankees are tied one game behind the Toronto Blue Jays as those teams battle for the right to be beaten by the Blue Jays in the wild-card game. So... It was a crazy night of baseball, lots of playoff implications up and down. And what I'm going to be doing on the show today is I'm going to be playing parts of my interviews that I did with Emily Nyman, who is the host of the Breaking Balls podcast, and then also with Tierney Steele, who is the host of about 5,000 movie podcasts. And we talked over the weekend, and along the way, there were parts of our conversation where we were talking about the Hall of Fame that we diverged from that subject. And while it had nothing to do with the Hall of Fame, I thought they'd be good to include in this episode. Hey, here's a quick reminder. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Green Room is the perfect place to start a conversation about the league. You'll interact with fans just like you for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, the big news or rumors. You can check out some of the Locked On hosts who are there, and your pal Sully pops up in a bunch of the rooms all the time as well. Go download the free Green Room app, and it's available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and I'll make sure that I'm on there too. And you can log in and we can have some fun debates. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room is changing the way that we talk about sports. It's that time of year again. All eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron. And as always, Bet Online is the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get up to date odds, props, contests, including the online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to make your bets on your favorite sports, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, baseball, boxing, right down to your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season, Bet Online is your online sportsbook expert. All right, as promised, we're going to be talking a little bit about the New York Yankees, which are to call them Jekyll and Hyde, Harvey Dent, whatever you want to say in terms of a difficult 
to figure out franchise this year, that's a little bit of an understatement. So I might as well bring in someone who knows the Yankees a little better than I do. And that means bringing in the host of the Breaking Balls podcast. Hey, everyone. Emily Nyman decided to stick around after our Hall of Fame discussion. Uh, you know, pulling back the curtain a little bit, we are recording this uh, on Sunday, but uh, I think some of the things we're going to talk about have been <laughs> uh, pretty consistent all year long. How are you doing, Emily? I'm great. I can't say the same about the Yankees, or maybe I can. They're pretty mercurial, so they were good last night. Yeah. Well, the uh, the Yankees are going into this week with two of the best things that you could hear if you're a Yankee fan, which are upcoming games against the Twins and the Orioles. Although the games against the Orioles have not been gimmies, which I, if if the Yankees do miss the playoffs this year, it's the games against Baltimore that are going to probably stand out the most, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's been – that. if you look at the standing, especially against – I mean, the division is lost at this point. They may have had a shot when they had the 13 in a row, but it's not going to happen now. But when you look at the splits against the division, a huge difference with the Rays is the fact that the Rays have gone like – 18 and one versus the Orioles this year. And the Yankees are like hovering at 500 versus the Orioles. So yeah. Yeah. Says it all. You know, and obviously the Yankees played horribly against Boston earlier, but they played a lot better against them later. Uh, And then they've, but then there was of course the four game sweep by Toronto. I mean, it's, it's a very hard team to figure out. And, and I, I actually picked the Yankees to win the division at the beginning of the year, not because I thought they were a great team, but because I didn't think Tampa Bay was going to be this good. And I kind of thought it was a little bit like, I thought the Yankees were going to win 90 games. I thought that'd be enough. Uh, in fact, every prediction I made about the American League seemed to come true except one. I thought all the teams were going to be bunched together. It was going to be at six or seven teams bunched together and like three or four games were going to separate them. And that is true except for Tampa. I did not foresee Tampa sort of breaking away from the pack, especially after losing Snell and Morton and having Tyler Glasnow injured uh, somehow, some way with people who even they don't know. There are are people on the Rays who will look around and say, who am I? I Why am I here? Uh, But, you know, the Rays breaking free, and as you said, that they've clobbered Baltimore. But the Yankees have been, I mean, just... In the last month, they had a 13-game winning streak and a seven-game losing streak. I mean, that's it's impossible to figure them out. And it's been like that all year. I mean, when you look at their month-to-month splits, it's up-down. They were 400 in April, then they were 700 in May, then they were 400 in June. And it's just been like that the entire year. And seeing, like you said, guys that I've never heard of, on Tampa continuing to keep a 600 win percentage throughout the entire season has been very frustrating where in the past there were times where I'd see a team like Tampa pick up a player I'd never heard of a pitcher and I would laugh at it but now I can't I said oh great I don't know this guy that means he's going to be throwing a seven inning shutout against the Yankees at some point this season. Do you know what's so weird about Tampa is that they've traded away veteran pitchers. They traded away Rich Hill. They traded away Diego Castillo. Like, wait a minute, I thought you were contending. But then the players they get back is like, yeah, that guy's guy, he's played one game in single A. And look at him, he's already hit four home runs in two games. What is going on? 
or this other guy like yeah, they picked a guy they, they the radar has him at 170 miles per hour and this and uh and that's his change up like what, where do they what do they how does this happen but the one of the weird things about the yankees is going into this year the thing that i thought was going to kill them was their starting rotation and there have been chunks of this year that that's been their strength you know i mean that it hasn't been great as of recently and the injury to Garrett Cole, where we're not, you know, right now we're not sure. I thought he was putting together a Cy Young caliber season this year, but um, they've had some good starting pitching, but it's the the wearing down of the bullpen. The fact that they won't let their starting pitchers go deep into games is the thing that I, I this is not me being old man Sully. I just think you look up and you're wearing some of these, these relievers out and you would wish that you would say, hey, Give us three more outs to some of the starting pitchers. Just push it a tiny bit more. Yeah, I mean, there's one thing about the Yankees that is consistent is their trust in their process, whatever that process is, that they are huge believers in um, pitch counts and and, uh, rest schedules for even their position players to a fall, to a, a frustrating point where, you know, they're sitting Giancarlo Stanton, in the first game of the series versus the Mets when these are all must-win games, and he's been one of the best players on the team. So it's puzzling to fans, but at this point, I'm, I can't get frustrated by it anymore. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, the bullpen is already worn, it's already worn out, mm-hmm. and this is much like last year when Kevin Cash got a lot of heat for removing Snell when he did in that final game of the World Series. I gave him at, at this point, and the way I felt then is, for better or for worse, teams have to trust the process that got them here. And if this is the process that got them here, then it's just I have to be okay with the, this being the process to finish out the season. And if they make the playoffs, baseball God's willing, it'll be the process there too. And we've already made our bed. The one thing I was saying in, to counter that is you can't manage an elimination game the way you would manage a game in August. You have to manage it differently when the season can end if you lose. You know, it's like normally Bruce Bochy would not bring Madison Bumgarner on two days rest to come out and throw, was it, six innings of relief in game seven of the World Series. That's not something he normally would do, you know, in a game. But, like, it's in an elimination game, you have to throw things uh, into into a dumpster. But that being said, the, the Yankees are not facing elimination yet. Uh, I have two names. Aren't they? <laughs> Uh, I didn't say it. Um, <laughs> two names I want to bring up because I, it's interesting. What happened to Greg Allen? Remember when Greg Allen came up and the team was dead from the neck up, and then in comes this guy, this journeyman, was you know taking first to third on a hit, stealing bases, and gave the team a spark, kind of woke them up. And I keep looking around, where did that guy go? He was like a you – know, he was kind of a breath of fresh air for Yankee fans who were so used to the staleness of – you know, the lumbering, you know, station to station baseball. He was like, he seemed to have been sprung out of Whitey Herzog's Cardinals suddenly was on the team. What what happened to that guy? You know, we were told by Boone that he was going to be brought up at some point later in the season. Who knows? I mean, I, I guess I can assume maybe he'll be on the postseason roster, but... 
That's presumptuous. It was not his I think being was, on a roster, <laughs> but the fact that it's going to be a postseason roster. <laughs> Listen, I, I can't handle that emotionally right now. Let's okay, just fine, keep fine, with Greg fair Allen. Enough, fair enough. Fair enough. That's my bad. I have to I have to be more considerate of your feelings. <laughs> I think we touched on it that the Yankees need arms because the same thing could be said that they just sent Andrew uh, Velasquez who is a Bronx native and he's had a really nice story up here for the last few weeks. And they just sent him down today to bring up Clark Schmidt, who's starting tonight against the Mets. And a lot of people are upset about it because they say the same thing that he brought a spark and whether that's true or not. I think the fact of the matter is that when the team wins, that's the spark. So when it coincides with a player and I'm not, that's not to say that Greg Allen didn't have a hand in winning the games when he was up here, he did, but they need arms because as yeah. we were just talking about, their bullpen is taxed. So they need to try to bring more arms up here, especially with now Tyons on the, on the IL and, you know, Kluber can only go to the fourth inning and they're still trying to stretch Chapman out and they need arms. And, and unfortunately the guys that may be the spark plugs and they may be the good, feel good Rudy type stories. There's no room for them this year. So just got to uh, trust the process. I'm going to bring up one other name, and again, I'm not saying this to dogpile or anything, but has Joey Gallo been a bust? You know, no, I don't think so. I think that it's way too okay. short of a sample size to really determine that. Um, mm -hmm. I think because of uh, he is your typical three true outcome player on the higher scale because of how, yeah. how hard he can hit the ball. I think that this is just the ebb and flow of a player like him. And as long as he continues to get walks and which he has been, that shows me he's seen the ball well and people want him to swing more and they will swing up more pitches and try to make weaker contact, but that's just not the hitter he is. So I think that once you accept the kind of hitter that he is, that he's only going to swing if he thinks that he can drive the ball. And sometimes that results in a lot of swing and misses, then so be it. Because to be honest, Yankees that have been sacrificing quantity or quality of contact for quantity this year it also hasn't worked out so it's yeah. not to say that if gallo were a little bit less selective that he would be a little bit more productive i don't think that's necessarily true so i think that he should just stick with whatever he is used to and I, that's why i'm not willing to say that it's a bust he's still here for another year so i think that a month isn't enough time well you're talking about the three true outcomes I mean, he has 32 home runs combined with Texas. And this is this is going into Sunday's game. I don't know what the stats are when this is being dropped. But he has 32 home runs when combining his New York and Texas stats. And going into Sunday's game, he has the most walks and strikeouts of any hitter in the American League. I mean, that is the ultimate <laughs> three <laughs> true Text outcomes. Um, I mean, look, at with someone like Joey Gallo, you can't really look at his batting average and um, – if you looked at his batting average as a Yankee, you'd think, oh, look at that, a starting pitcher. That's mostly what he bats during the <laughs> interleague games. He bats 136. He needs to get. He needs to go on a little bit of a roll to raise his average to 140. <laughs> um, his on-base percentage is 301 going in. I mean, he is slugging. I mean, his OPS is 642 go, and going into Sunday's game with the Yankees. Yes, it's only a 39-game sample size. So I'm, not, I'm not trying to, you know, say anything about that but I think one thing that's happened in his favor with the Yankees and not a lot has happened in his favor with the Yankees but a bulk of his time with the Yankees has been during the 13 game winning streak and I think that Gallo's arrival 
was also the spark of Stanton when Stanton went on a big run. And Stanton was huge during the 13-game winning streak. So I actually don't think – I think he may be a bust if you look at him in a vacuum, if you only look at his numbers. But if you look at the effect of having him in the lineup and the breaking up, and I think Rizzo's was uh, – uh, putting Rizzo and Gallo in an all-right-handed lineup, I think sparked Judge, who's having a wonderful season, and sparked uh, – because remember, Judge was going on a horrible slump at one point. He he, he should have changed his license plate to 5-4-3. And <laughs> – and Stanton was uh, heading into Ed Whitson territory. And suddenly, yeah, Gallo hasn't been putting up the great numbers that you would hope for. But if his effect in the lineup sparked Judge and sparked Stanton, then I think you have to look at it as a win. I totally agree. I think that um, Gallo and Rizzo both took some pressure off of Stanton and Judge. And even if... Gallo and Rizzo haven't actually contributed that much, like you said, in a vacuum. Their presence has been made all the difference, and it also changed the construction of the position players. I mean, it's it can't be ignored that a huge part of Giancarlo Stanton's second half is the fact that the Yankees have finally been playing him in the outfield because mm-hmm. he des- he should be playing both sides of the ball. He's not. 37 years old he's not you know Miguel Cabrera being dragged out there to try to reach some milestone so it's it's been funny to hear all of the Yankee talking the Yes Network talking heads act surprised like we we can't believe Stanton's a good outfielder and he's hitting well like as if he didn't play the outfield for a decade yeah he they didn't get him from an American League team as a DH they got him from the freaking Marlins where he played the outfield so, so all not, these things combined, I think, are, are why that even if they don't contribute as much at first, that that's a contribution in and of itself. Well, look, at, we're going to go into the last few weeks of the season. The Yanks are in the middle of it. And every time you think you have the Yankees figured out, they either go on a winning streak or a losing streak. And uh, I don't think anyone wants to play Toronto, but there are two wildcard spots and the Red Sox, Mariners, A's, and Yankees are all extraordinarily flawed teams that can go on great winning streaks and horrific losing streaks. And <laughs> I think it's going to be a really fun last few weeks of the season. So, Emily Nyman, tell people where they can find you and your fabulous podcast. You can find me on Twitter at MSheDoesIt. You can see it on the screen there. And you could also find my podcast at Break Balls Pod, and we release an episode every Thursday or Friday sometimes, depending if I can come up with a title or not in time. But usually Friday or Thursday, we release an episode every single week. Thanks for being on Lockdown MLB. Thank you for having me. Hey, let's take a quick break to talk about Built Bars. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars out there. And you know what? There are so many great flavors. Let's run them down. We've got German chocolate, we've got cookies and cream, we've got strawberry, we've got orange, we got salted caramel, double chocolate, mint brownie, cherry barcia, coconut, and my personal favorite, which is raspberry. They're all fantastic. If you can't figure out which one you want or you haven't tried all of them, why don't you get yourself a mixed box of Built Bars, and that way you'll get two of each of those flavors I just mentioned. But Built Bars aren't just the best-tasting protein bars out there. They're also good for you. Now, they got 17 grand. 18 grams of protein. You got 130, 180 uh, calories. Easy for you to say. And then you have four or five grams of sugar, four or five grams of net carbs. All amazing. 
all tasty. You can order the grasshopper cookie now if you act now or raspberry, whichever you want. Built Bars are the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That's pretty cool. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 at Built.com to get your Built Bars. All right. Does this sound familiar? You have one device that lets you catch the game. And another device where you're watching your show. You're catching the other scores on your phone. And you have your friends log in so you can watch some of the other stuff on that streaming device and all that other things. I want to tell you, there's a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle. And a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. Now, it brings live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, streaming shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And best of all, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. A compatible device is required and content varied by packages. All right, as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to bring back a valued podcaster because uh, your pal Sully is going through a potential philosophical crisis. And when I have a philosophical crisis, I turn to other podcasters. And there's no other podcaster who I have known and interacted with more and yet never have been in the same room with in our entire lives, all the way from Massachusetts. It is the Pedro Martinez of Movie Podcast. Let's bring her back. Tierney Steele, how you Hello. doing? Tierney Thanks Steele, for having me back. <laughs> who up until this week had never appeared on the show, and now you're appearing on two episodes of the show. I keep and, busy. <laughs> yep. And uh, for those of you who didn't listen to the Hall of Fame show, Tierney, who is a regular at Cooperstown, she has her own suite at the I hotel where the, <laughs> where the Hall of Famers stay. Was it the Overlook Hotel? What is the name of the hotel again? The Oda Saga. The, the, the Bates Motel is what is the name of the place again? Um, and How many more of those you got loaded up? <laughs> I got a few more. I got a few more. Ideas. The, the, the Faulty Towers. Um, the And you're also the host of MASH Minute, Close Encounters, American Graffiti, League of Their Own podcast, Sandlot podcast. Is there another one? Return to Oz podcast. That's I not did, a joke. Yeah. I didn't make a joke. Um, what, what, was there? Am I missing one? Yeah, actually, you're missing two. All right, so Return to Oz, The NeverEnding Story, Joe versus the Volcano. Oh, Mash. that was one. That was Joe yeah. versus, I knew there was one big Close one. Close Encounters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you did not know me when you did Return to Oz and NeverEnding Story, but the fact of the matter is, neither of those films made much of an impact on me, so I would have been a pretty much of a lousy guest. Okay, but now let's get back. You're never a lousy guest. No. Oh, stop. Now, among the many things that you and I share in common has been, uh, now, I grew up in New England. Now, we're, we're both natives of Connecticut. You and I mm -hmm. are both, you, you were born in Connecticut, right? Yep. And, and as was I, as were my parents. And when I, as, when I was a kid, I assumed everyone in the world was born in <laughs> Connecticut. Seems I right. Did, I did the majority of my growing up in the suburbs of Boston, where you currently are. Is mm -hmm. that correct? And uh, I adopted the Boston Red Sox at a time that I don't remember, because one of my earliest memories was wearing a red Red Sox hat in 1975. Oh. And in 1977, I went to my first game at Fenway Park. My first favorite player was Butch Hobson. 
And I stayed loyal to the Red Sox all through the many years. And if you don't believe me, you can watch the HBO documentary, Curse of the Bambino, and the follow-up, Reverse the Curse of the Bambino. I can't now, believe you're in my living room right now. <laughs> but that's true. That's true. I, you, I have not been, but me on a DVD has been. <laughs> and now, the last year or so, I have drifted away from Boston fandoms. I haven't lived in Boston for a long time. Boston sports fandom has evolved into something I don't recognize. And I've been more and more following the Mariners and, and adopting the Mariners, and but being more of a fan of baseball in general and the whole narrative. But I've been, you know, been cozying up to the Mariners. But as the season progressed, I realized that Red Sox fandom is a hard thing to let go of. <laughs> And so what's happening this week as the Red Sox are fighting for their playoff life and the Mariners are fighting for their playoff life, the Red Sox are playing the Mariners. Here's my philosophical Mm. question. (laughs) What should I do? What should I do? Well, you you should root for for the Red Sox and the show's over. No, just kidding. Uh, so I'm about to lose a lot of uh, credence with you and many of my friends. I grew up in Connecticut. I did not become a Red. I always joke I would never be considered a true Red Sox fan because I did not become a Red Sox fan until I moved here in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, one of the jokes was uh, if you played softball in the late 90s in Connecticut, they just gave you that Jeter poster to put up in your room. I mean, we all had it. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I new Yankees growing up. That was all, you know, that was all that I was aware of. I, you know, I knew the Red Sox existed. Um, I went to college and dated a couple of Red Sox fans. So, you know, I, I was aware that that was happening. I decided Veritech was an awesome name and he seemed cool. Um, So I was down for that. I was glad when they won, but I did not truly get on board until I moved here. And I lived literally down the street from Fenway park. (laughs) So that will kind of do it. I became heavily invested in the team at one point i had i did not have season season tickets but i was considered a season ticket holder because i had a pack and uh, you know would go to Pawtucket games and see the up-and-comers and Mm -hmm. it's it is a hard thing to let go of the mariners are very cool i'm not not dissing on the mariners but also how do i it feels like the Red Sox have more to lose just because of who else is in contention. I, I This is a horrible thing to say. Oh my God, I'm never going to get to meet Meg Rowley now. The Mariners are kind of used to losing and I think they'll get over it a lot easier than we will if we lose and the Yankees go ahead. Well, this is one reason why I think you're the ideal person to ask. Because if I ask someone who was ingrained and their parents love the Red Sox and their grandparents love the Red Sox and they, they could trace it all the way back to the Mayflower, that that's the wrong person to ask. So you're someone who actually jumped on board after they won the first mm-hmm. of the four world series, the two of the first world. So yeah. you're someone who is, may have almost a clearer head, you know, and, <laughs> and I actually, I absolutely know that if, if, if my family didn't move and I grew up in Fairfield County, if I wound up growing up in Southport or Fairfield or whatever town we would have grown up in, I probably would have been a Yankee fan. No. You know, I probably, it probably would have happened. Or maybe I would have become a Met fan. I don't know because of the way that yeah. the stars would have aligned. But I, I you know, geography is uh, the main thing that dictates what team yeah. you root for. 
And well, you also have to realize when I was growing up, I was in high school when the Jeter A-Rod page six New York media monstrosity exploded. I mean, my best friend was in our band, our marching band. Joe Torrey once referred to our high school marching band as his good luck charm because every year they played the national anthem in a World Series game, they freaking won the World Series. She got to march down the Canyon of Heroes, somehow playing a tuba while crying. I mean, it was. I hate. I hate. It took your, over. I hate your band. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to say, let the record show. I hate your band. That's fine. I totally get it, and and that is why I. There are people who are just like, this girl is not a Red Sox fan. What are you talking about? And it's but like, you, but well. You, but, but you are one. And I'm, I'm not a big believer in you're not a real fan. You're not a real fan. If you're, if that's your team, then you're a fan. I, I, I'm an inclusive person. I don't like to check people's credentials. Um, I, do, I do remember when they won the World Series in 04, there was part of me wanted to ask you know name one red Sox player from 1996 mm-hmm. or something or, or from 1985 or but you know when they kept winning i kept thinking do you know what I, 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 a, a crowded bandwagon is fun you know and and so i'm not going to question anyone's red Sox fandom and it's fun so but I, it's rough it is not the same yeah. I, I i am not a huge football person but i have like very consciously made the decision that I don't root for the Patriot. I mean, like if they're playing mm-hmm. whoever and I don't care, I don't root for the, pa- I do like fine. And I, I like when they win the Super Bowl Cause then I get, yeah. you know, a day off work to go to a parade. So that's always fun. But I, I very consciously was like, no Boston sports. You don't automatically get me. You got to earn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that. I really, I would exchange every single Patriots Super Bowl for J.D. Drew to get a bases loaded double in game seven of the 2008 ALCS in Tampa. Mm. But I digress. The nice thing when the Patriots <laughs> win the Super Bowl is everyone assumes I'm a diehard Patriot fan. And so I get nice emails. That's and lovely. When they, and when they lose the Super Bowl, I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't. Uh, I'm not a football fan at all. And I'm not, I'm not against football. It's just, it's not my sport, but, uh, that's why you host this show. (laughs) That's right. I I don't, it's not locked on NFL. All right. Well, I've got your point of view that I should probably stick to hoping the Red Sox win because a, if I jump up and down saying, yeah, the Red Sox lost, it would confuse a lot of people. Uh, especially we had a producer. very weird summer too. Like we're a little fragile right now. <laughs> yeah. So I guess what I should be hoping for is that the teams around the Red Sox to lose. Yes. That and would be lovely teams, too. And the teams around the Mariners to lose, because I'll tell you the quandary I want to face. Mm-hmm. I want to see a wild card game played between the Red Sox and the Mariners. Oh, that'd be a good one. But there's a problem with that scenario. Neither one of those teams are called the Toronto Blue Jays. And chances are that's uh, going to be one of the two wildcard teams. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Tierney, you helped either talk me off the ledge or as I'm staring in having a uh, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin conversation <laughs> into my mirror right now. <laughs> um, now, maybe you're helping me solve this. Well, look at, but for everyone else who uh, may have, uh, if you have problems, about uh, things you're going through in your life, 
I recommend you contact Tierney Steele. <laughs> Go to that Twitter handle, which is right there. If you see it on uh, YouTube, it's One Steel Sister. Spell it out for us, my Steel Sister. O-N-E-S-T-E-E-L-E-S-I-S-T-E-R. Not that I've said that a few hundred million times in my life. <laughs> and uh, what what podcast? Now, you're always working on no fewer than 17 podcasts at any one time. This are you fall, on any, <laughs> this fall are you is on the first time I am not on a releasing podcast in like four years. Wow. <laughs> uh, so I am going to be, the next things I have coming up are, I'm going to be part of a uh team of hosts working on a podcast on Silverado, which I've never seen. So I'm and kind of replicating you, my Bull Durham experience here. You, who else is involved in that? You're smiling an awful lot. So if I say, Megan, are you going to be really disappointed? <laughs> I'm, I'm involved. I'm going to be one of the guest hosts of it. Yay. So, yeah, yeah. So, there you go. so you I can hear both of us on that. Yeah. I and, love uh, Silverado. Yeah. I love Silverado. It's a great movie. Well, the last time you said, I think you'll like this movie, it was Bull Durham. And that obviously worked out very well. So mm -hmm. I, I am excited to see this. And then uh, summer 2022, I'm going to be doing a podcast on the Sandlot. So oh, I'll start fun. production on that. Soon. All right, groovy. And for everyone else, you can follow us on the Twitter at Lockdown MLB Pod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And here's one thing to also take note on is that betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Talking about the games of the day and breaking down my own personal struggles with Tierney Steele, the Pedro Martinez of Movie Podcast. Mm -hmm. This has been Locked On MLB. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Tierney, what can people call me? Sully! Is that in camera? Close enough. <laughs>